Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Mark Bell's Power Project Podcast, hosted by your man, Mark Bell, co-hosted by Nsima Yang and myself, Andrew Zaragoza. This episode was recorded on July 12th, and it is just with the Power Project crew. Uh, this comes on the uh, day after UFC 251, so we talked a little bit about that. Um, hope you guys enjoyed that fight card. We did, except for that main card was kind of a letdown, but hey, what can you do? Uh, Masvidal took the fight on six days notice, so that's pretty damn savage. Um, we also talked about um, a little bit of history about the slingshot since it is coming up on the 10 year anniversary Uh, we talked a little bit about its roots but we ended up talking more about um Mark and uh, Jesse Burdick's time when they would go around the country doing CrossFit certifications. Um, Mark has talked about this in the past, but it was really cool to just kind of dig a little bit deeper into like, like, and I didn't even know if he even got paid for that. I know that sounds crazy, but when he does a seminar these days, uh, he does them for absolutely free. And then also we talked about um, a, a huge announcement because I believe this is the first time Mark has ever talked about it on air uh, in public anywhere. But um, we do have a supplement line coming out very, very soon. So if you're like me, you're a dork for supplements. Uh, it's very exciting to hear him uh, talk a little bit more and reveal a little bit about what's coming, including what uh, he plans on calling it. And then lastly, we talked about um, how you know, how some people might have a goal in mind when it comes to their physique, their fat loss, uh, even strength goals, how we kind of don't really understand how long something like that's going to take. Um, so what that turned into is Mark and Ensema coaching me on my physique right now. At the end of last year on Tredegan, I got into the absolute best shape of my life. My confidence was through the roof. I felt amazing. And then I didn't, I feel like I didn't do a very good job with my rebound. And I would like to get somewhere near where I was. But again, someone like me, I don't know exactly how long something like that should take. I don't know the exact steps that I should take. So they consulted me on that. And I'm really excited for myself and for you guys to hear what they had to tell me. Um, that's it for me. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please enjoy this episode with just the crew uh catch you guys later yeah and sorry for um my neighbor will be using the damn weed whacker the leaf blower lawnmower this entire time he just took a break but he he doesn't stop until like monday night it's insane that's funny (laughs) yeah every every youtube video that i shoot um i do walk around a lot but for some reason i'm always like wow there's another weed whacker. There's another leaf blower. <laughs> so anybody who's hopping on those 10 minute walks, pay attention to how much leaf blowing and how much weed whacking we do in America. I'm not sure what the major problem is or <laughs> weeds. If leaves are really causing a big issue, but apparently the second they hit the ground, we need to blow them away. <laughs> it, it reminds me a lot of the Truman show, you know, like how everything right. is staged to like, just for this one guy. Like I feel like, these people are hired by the government to just have yeah. like fucking gas powered weed whackers going nonstop. They're extras. <laughs> <laughs> they are. Yeah. They're, uh, what are, what are they called? Non-playable characters? NPCs. NPCs. <laughs> <laughs> they just like happen to walk across the street. You're like, I swear I saw that same person yesterday at the same time. Yep. But maybe not. You're like, oh, I'm kind of imagining things probably. Like, nah, that, that can't happen. That's, that's silly. That's co- coincidence. But yeah, I have Instagram, so you have to. Um, I don't know if you can text it to me. Oh, yeah. you have Instagram. Yeah, okay. we could send him yeah. a link, and he'll be able to watch it. All right. But, yeah, I'll uh, I'll send him a link. It's 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 so funny. Mike Tyson finds out he's part Congolese, <laughs> and uh, it's it's like the greatest thing in terms of what they say. 
He's probably so like, excited. So I'm, a, I'm a nigga from the Congo. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Yo, you got to listen to it. <laughs> Hey, and Akon was on there too. He's like, you know, they, you know, they, I'm not even going to go into it. He's like, they fight gorillas and shit. I'm just like, wait, what do y'all talk about? This isn't good. You guys cannot be saying this. Amazing. <laughs> People are going to believe it. <laughs> My 1% Congo is extremely proud. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> but yeah. Me and Insane were talking about the fights last night. Pretty good stuff, man. But. I feel like. Oh, you listening to it? Oh, he is. He got yeah. part of a Congo. That motherfucker from the Congo. Ain't that some bullshit? No, it's not. No. Yo, listen, can I tell you something no. about the Congolese? This is why they at war today. Uh. The Congolese, these dudes kill gorillas with their bare hands. Yeah. This why Mike was so strong. Yeah, for sure. That inner, that for man, sure. it didn't matter. Yeah. Pop, done. Yeah. Congolese, you're going to find a whole bunch of mics over there. Wow. But that energy is like fearless. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Conquerors. You take it on gorillas. Straight, no, straight up. Like yeah. they will literally go toe to toe with a gorilla and win. <laughs> it's win. great to see Tyson's reaction. He's like really taking it in. He's like, uh huh. So yeah, it makes a lot of sense now, dude. Oh, and then uh, Brad Rowe posted a picture of him on a boat with Mike Tyson the other day. Oh, that's sick. I was like what the fuck? How'd that happen? But mm. pretty dope. Weird. Yeah, it was just it was very random. It was just a bunch of dudes all jacked on a on a boat. Did you guys see those fights though? Both you guys? <laughs> I did. I, I caught I caught some of them. Yeah. Okay. Pretty pretty uh pretty cool stuff. One of the guys did a big weight cut, right? Yeah, Masvidal. He uh, he got the fight with six days' notice, and he had twenty pounds to cut. Oh. He made weight, but I, I mean, it's very apparent that he was not prepared for that fight. And sorry, maybe that's not the right word, but like you can just tell, like when you're not at elite level, you know, like that's. Yeah, I think it was too 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 little time, and that weight cut probably just. Did, I mean, twenty pounds, dude. Like, yeah. would you even be able to function like at that? You know, big of a uh, cut. Uh, it's hard to compete uh, at that level. You know, it's hard, very difficult to compete. Mm-hmm. I think um, if he was doing a physique transformation or if he was doing a photo shoot, I don't think it'd be a huge problem. But when you're trying to, uh, you know, go against. <clears throat> I mean, the best. you're trying to go against some of the best, you know, it's going to be tough. Yeah. That's normal for a lot of those guys, right? Because like Kamaru Usman, he's a, he's a former wrestler. He talks about his weight cuts. Like he'll right. sometimes drop like yeah. 20 pounds, but I think like maybe for Masvidal, it's not normal for him to drop that much because mm-hmm. he got wrecked. He really did get wrecked. Yeah. He ran out of gas pretty quick. And that's why I mean, like, you know, the, the six days notice, I, I don't think it was just enough time. I mean, I don't think anybody would say that. Oh, that's enough. You know, nobody, but credit to him, dude, he took the fight on six days notice. And I understand it was a huge opportunity to, you know, go for a belt, which he's been, I mean, shit, he has like over 40 fights and that was his first time, you know, getting a title shot, I think. So you can't blame him. But at the same time, like if he were to say no, you could have been like, oh, like I can't believe game bread's backing down. You know, but instead he's like, no, fuck that. Let's do this. It was pretty funny. I, I it, it was very uh, like much staged, but on the flight out to fighter Island, which is fucking insane. Um, he was like eating pizza, like trying to cut weight. But I mean, who knows, but I'm pretty sure that was fake, but it was just pretty funny. Cause he's just having fun with it, you know? So maybe the 20 pounds wasn't that bad for him. Cause you know, they're all fighters and they're used to it, but man, it was, uh, it was really cool that he stepped up and did take the fight though. The foot stomping was different. 
I'm, I honestly, I'm, did you guys see that? Yeah. Cause I've yeah, never been, seen somebody. Yeah, yeah. It's been a while. There's uh there was some foot stomping like in like early UFC, but uh-huh. yeah, it's been a, been a while since I've seen that. It's, it's funny now because like, um, when someone does when someone does these like weird painful tricks from like the past the guys don't react to it much anymore and i'm like how do they not react to that like that's got a freaking kill yeah. especially if they step like they try to step on like kind of near where your pinky toe is it's like it's got a it's got a kill <laughs> they try to hit all the nerves in there it's got to hurt like hell it's like his heel was going directly on those toes and each time i was just like Oh, that, that just looks painful. Like it makes a lot of sense though. Like if you got to put weight on that, you can't anymore. Mm-hmm. That was, that was brutal. Yeah. Well, yeah. if someone does that to you in the first round, you know, think about how it's going to feel 15, 20 minutes later, you know, it's going to start to swell up and it's going to start to be all jacked up. And yeah, that's, that's a crazy sport, man. Yeah. It's, it really is. It is amazing though. When, you know, he's getting like straight, he's, he has that clinch, right? He, there's nowhere to go. He's doing the, uh, the the shoulder punch, whatever you want to call it, the foot stomp, and then he'll just like just punch him right in the body. And Masvidal just kind of just like mm, like no reaction. Mm. Like, dang, dude! Like, I don't know. You catch me with like not even a fraction of that force, and I'm going down, and I'll be down for a week. And he's just like mm, no facial reaction. <laughs> it's like yeah. that's insane. It's kind of the only sport we got right now. You know, there's not really much else sports wise going on. And so if you looked at like Twitter, you looked at social media, everyone was asking about the fights. Everybody was posting about the fights. They were posting uh, screenshots and different things of the fight. So it's kind of cool that the focus is on that and uh, that the sport has gotten to the point where it's viewed as a sport because it used to not be even viewed as a sport. It used to just be viewed as brutality and it was illegal in most states. The UFC was banned in a lot of places. The UFC was like the original UFC, the first like five of them or so, they they couldn't get them sanctioned anywhere. I think um, they even had to move them last minute because of things like that. I think they were like one time they were going to be, I, I think I got this mixed up, but I just they were going to have an event in like Colorado and then they had to last second go to Oklahoma and it was like the same week of the fight it was just within a couple days i think they already sold tickets to it and everything so they've been through a lot but uh congrats to you know dana dana white and uh just what they've been doing like teaching people over the years i think joe rogan's a big part of it i think the announcers are a big part of it because they've been teaching people about brazilian jiu-jitsu and kind of the art of uh of fighting and look at the 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 two guys that uh, beat the hell out of each other, they're sitting in a press conference talking, you know, about the fight intelligently and no one's really messed up. They're both, I mean, they both seem like they're totally fine. I'm sure within a couple of days, the, most of the uh, whatever bumps or bruises they got, they'll heal up just like any other sport. Yeah. yeah. And you're right. I mean, it was only just a couple of years ago where they weren't allowed to fight in New York. Right. So like, they've come an extremely long way and yeah they had their first ever fights in in uh, madison square garden yeah that was sick and then now they got their own island which i i don't know which one came first that fighter island or like what the nba is doing and doing like their whole like secluded uh setup so uh and seema if you don't know it's they're basically like in orlando like where like disney world is oh the nba yeah and like 
the teams that made it to this last like play in like season, they're all quarantined. They're blocked off. They can't they can't come in or out. Like they get tested, you come in and that's it. Nobody can come in and out. And so that's what a bunch of people were talking about. Like, well, how are they going to get their side hose in? in? <laughs> or you guys have a lot of mad basketball players. <laughs> yeah. Like you got to, Oh my God, you got to think that's, that's true. <laughs> These are dudes that probably from the age of 18 or 19 <laughs> have not had any problem mm-hmm. just getting and getting any of that. Like I've heard a, uh, what's his name? Uh, the beard. Who's the beard from the Rockets? Uh, Harden. James Harden. I heard. Okay, so there's a rumor that <laughs> James Harden always, always has to, you know, get his rocks off before a game. That's like that. That's a, that's rumor. Like he always has to. It's all the time. It's a thing, right? And just imagine now you you don't have women. <laughs> you don't have your wives. You have. <laughs> you have to have a lot of angry basketball players, like really fast jumping out of the roof basketball players. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. <laughs> oh god yeah they were showing a clip of i don't even know who it was maybe just two younger guys they were just like playing cornhole you know it's like that's what they got it's like that's gonna be tough it'll be tough <laughs> where is fighter island abu dhabi, abu dhabi. yeah hmm. where's abu dhabi i have no idea <laughs> yeah it's kind of a cool idea that they put that together it's pretty pretty amazing yeah the amount of money needed to do something like that also though it's like that organization they, they're they've killed it it's it's amazing maybe he tried to do it before and for some reason they didn't allow it to happen i don't know <laughs> it was like earlier in the corona thing we were hearing about it but he backed out because of something that disney said hmm. i don't know but it's it's cool that it's working out that's it's it's freaking amazing yeah so you guys had uh, we threw around some questions uh, earlier via via some texts. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been talking quite a bit about protein leveraging. We've talked a lot about it a lot on the show in the past, and um, it's just been something I've been messing with a little bit more, just because I've given my my diet a little bit more freedom as of late. And I all I really try to do is I I just try to make sure that my uh, that my protein requirements are met and I try to meet them first. So I try to get not always all, but a good portion of my protein. I try to get that in first before I eat anything else. Um, And it's not always just protein. So it's not always like straight up chicken breast or straight up like egg whites. Um, But I found that it's helpful when it is that because you can eat a lot more of just straight up protein um, not eat a lot more of it. I mean, you end up with a larger serving of it. Yeah. Whereas if you have, uh, like, um, like protein and fat, it doesn't, it doesn't fill you up as much for the moment, but it might, uh, satiate you and satisfy you a little bit longer. Um, but an example of that would be like, try to eat like two chicken breasts before you eat just kind of like whatever it is that, whatever it is that you want to eat, um, I've been playing around with it quite a bit and uh, I haven't, you know, haven't like uh, just thrown in whatever foods, you know, I haven't like just eaten completely randomly, but um, so far so good. I mean, it's been, it's been working well, but like uh, I've had, you know, just cheeseburgers with buns. I've had hot dogs with buns. I've had pizza. I've had like kind of a mix of things that I normally wouldn't eat. But again, I'm just making sure I'm getting the protein in. And from like a caloric perspective, uh, 
I'm sure it's, you know, probably working out to be similar or the same. Um, but anyway, I think this is something that a lot of people can give a try to not necessarily to, uh, try to give their diet tons of freedom necessarily, but I think the main advantage of it would be just to really try to crush your hunger. That that's the way that I would, that's the way I'd say that's the safest way to use it. Anyone that struggles with diet struggles with nutrition, just honestly try to eat a shit ton of protein. Also, uh, I'll give you kind of one warning is that if you're not used to eating a lot of protein, you got to up your dosage kind of slowly because your stomach might not be able to handle it. So, you know, take, take your time with, uh, with bumping that up. But this has been something that's been working good for me. There's been times where I'll eat like a hundred grams of protein in a sitting. And if I'm still hungry, I'll just get up and eat another hundred grams, but it's actually very difficult to even eat much of anything else the rest of the day. It's not that I don't eat anything else the rest of the day. It's just that I could be pretty full from that for like four or five hours. So then Seema, what do you think? No, that's exactly what you, what you just said. The very last part of that statement that you said was exactly what happened to me yesterday. Um, yesterday I was feeling really hungry in the morning and you guys both know I usually fast for the first part of the day, but yesterday I was just like, Oh, I need to eat. So I cooked up a whole thing of ground beef um, and then I had a New York strip. Um, I think I had another piece of meat or was it just the ground? No. Yeah. It was just the ground beef and a New York strip. So I, I ate the whole thing of ground beef with like two slices of cheese mixed in with it, which was really good. Um, and then yeah, a New York strip and I was legit full until the evening. Um, the evening I ate another steak, but like, I didn't really have to eat that. It was crazy. Cause I was full for, for almost the whole day. Um, and all I ate was protein yesterday. I didn't eat any carbs. I was just because I didn't really want any, you know? So that, like what you said, like even trying, not necessarily, you know, I don't think you have to try to eat all of your protein first, but having a bulk of your first meal be primarily protein. If you're trying to drop body fat and that's one of your goals, um, that's going to keep you full for a good amount of time. And the other, the other part of that would be, I agree with what you said. I don't think you necessarily have to eat the protein first, but I would be cautious on if you were to eat something else first, I would just be cautious on what that is. Uh, for me personally, I've learned that it's kind of hard to flip my taste bud. So uh, just like it's hard to uh, brush your teeth and then drink some orange juice, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's hard to... Um, uh, it's hard to like go to a movie theater eat some Reese's peanut butter cups and then be like, boom, back onto like a bodybuilding diet. It's like, you're kind of like, ah, the whole day is screwed up Mm -hmm. and you're going to eat a, eat a burrito or whatever it might be. But you can use this technique and this method with, with any foods, I think. And, uh, taking a burrito as an example, at the moment, I wouldn't just eat a burrito. I would try to have a steak first Mm -hmm. and I try to have the, so basically what it's, representing is just that the quote unquote bad foods or the foods that aren't typically normally on my diet, they're just representing a really small portion of my diet uh, by keeping those protein uh, calories really high. And then at the end of the day, if you were to look at uh, carbohydrate intake um, on some days for me, it might be like 50 grams on other days. It might be 200 um, on a couple other days, it might've been a little bit, even a little bit more than that, but it's still not that high. And if you were to kind of uh, do an average per day, you know, it's, it's 
pretty pretty modest at, at best. The other side of this thing is to try to intentionally keep the fat calories down a little bit. So try to get leaner cuts of meat because if we start to take in good amounts of fat and we start to have good amounts of carbohydrates, that combination does not make you fat, but it makes it a lot easier to eat more food. So I'm, I'm using protein as a lever, as a leverage to encourage me to actually eat less food, not to encourage me to eat more food. If you want an encouragement to eat more food, you'd simply add fat or add carbohydrates. Uh, take steak, for example. If you have like a ribeye, ribeyes are absolutely amazing because of the marbling and because of the fat content. That's a good combination of fat and protein. But if any of you ever had a ribeye that has a little bit of teriyaki sauce on it. <laughs> it's like you feel feel like you can eat that thing with a straw. <laughs> it's so damn good. So as soon as you add some carbohydrates to the mix, it makes it easier to eat more. And then if you're to consider that and you're somebody that wants to gain weight, somebody that wants to get a little bigger, get a little thicker, um, then you can utilize the carbohydrates as a weapon the way that our boy Stan Efforting does where he's eating usually rice in almost every meal. The, that combination that he has of the, of, the, um, of the meals that he puts together with the, the meat and the bone broth and the, the monster mash and the rice, um, that, I mean, shit, you could eat a big-ass big bowl of that four or five times a day and uh, get jacked. Yeah, and I think what – I haven't done it enough – to like you know uh pre-game my meal with a lot more protein but like if you were to have like just a plain steak you know like a new york strip and then have like monster mash after that rice tastes so much better and then you know so if you are you know having a hard time gaining like you can kind of use that to uh to trick your your mind and your taste buds to just like really enjoy the food and when you enjoy it you're going to probably want a little bit more so again if you're trying to lose maybe take that take that into consideration with what you got going on but yeah if i eat two chicken breasts you know and i eat one before and then one with with like some potatoes or something it's like a celebration once i get to the actual meal um what i do normally is i'll just try to eat both both of those in conjunction with like the potatoes, but doing the, the pregame stuff is pretty fun too. I forgot all about that part. Man, y'all really love chicken breast, huh? Cause I have not had chicken breast. Mm-hmm. Literally. I can't remember the last time I had chicken breast. Yeah. I really can't. I had chicken breast out of a can the other day. It was so good. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, I don't mind chicken breast, but it's, it's pretty rare that I eat it. I mean, I'll get it here and there. I maybe eat it like, once a month or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah. But yeah, it just doesn't have the pop that steak does. And also, you know, we got the advantage of having Piedmontese beef, which is lean. So like, why would you even consider to eat chicken breast at that point? Volume. Yeah. yeah for me, it's just volume. I, I got you. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. That meat volume. It, it is frustrating though. When you look at like a Piedmontese flat iron and like all the, the protein that's in there. And then you look at like a mountain of chicken, you're like, wait, hold on. How is that equal to that? And then even the, 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 the steak has less fat, you know, it's like, it just, it, it's mind bottling, you know, it doesn't make any sense, but it's, it's freaking incredible. I've just been, yeah, I've literally just been in this groove of eating just the straight packet of ground beef just like add some taco seasoning and like, like I said, like a slice of cheese or whatever mm-hmm. and just mix that in. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be a lot of cheese, just a little bit of cheese and mix that in. Oh my God. <laughs> it's so freaking good. I, I don't, I, yeah, 
It's so good. I love stuff like that. That's super easy. Mm-hmm. You know, I take the Piedmontese hot dogs. I chop them up. I cook them in a pan. I throw uh, yellow mustard on them and some mm-hmm. cheese, and it's the best thing ever. <laughs> it's like you're having a damn party. You know, there's something. I, well, I'll let Andrew do this, but I gotta, I gotta talk to you guys about something after. <laughs> oh, oh man! All right. Well, while we're at it, for more information on Piedmontese, please head over to Piedmontese.com. That's P-I-E-D-M-O-N-T-E-S-E.com. At checkout, enter promo code Power Project for twenty five percent off your order, and if your order is $99 or more, you get free two-day shipping. Make sure you check out the uh, Power Project Deluxe Bundle and the Jacked in Tan Pack. And Sima, what you got? Yo, I'll, I'll find the video for you guys later after the episode. <laughs> but um, in New York, apparently, like, just the culture over there for, like, I don't know, like, the, the, <laughs> the culture in the black community, man, is when it comes to hot dogs, and not, not just the black community, but a lot of community in general, like, when it comes to hot dogs... You cannot eat hot dogs or links around your homies. Like you can't, you cannot put it to your mouth and start eating that thing unless it's like chopped up or, or chopped up or whatever. Because like, there's this video of this guy, right? He was like, he was looking around. He didn't know his friend was recording, and then he started putting the hot dog to his mouth. And was like, "Hey, yo!" And then he spit it out and threw it at his homie, and it was so hilarious. He's probably was so like, upset because <laughs> he legit like turned. He was trying to go like this, and then they started screaming, and he just oh. threw the hot dog away. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yo, what are you doing? <laughs> so you mentioned chopped up link. I'm like, you probably chopped it up for another reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't ever eat it that way, actually. <laughs> Something in the back of your head that's like, you can't do it. You can't eat any phallic symbols. <laughs> no bananas either. Mm. <laughs> oh man yeah I, i'll never i'll never look at a hot dog the same way again i really can't that's amazing uh, so another thing you guys sent me was uh about the 10-year anniversary of slingshot yeah man slingshot's gonna be 10 years old <laughs> can't believe it <laughs> yeah we've been we've been uh we've been doing it for a while now so yeah it feels good um july 27th is my wife's birthday and it's also the 10-year anniversary of the slingshots the slingshots birthday we went to uh press bistro in sacramento to celebrate that 10 years ago um i remember like we were were sitting there and we were um like hey like did it sell like because we we put it up on the website and then we just didn't check for a while on purpose just because we wanted to see like uh you know what would happen and stuff like that and so we checked and we're like, oh, yeah, there's like five orders for it. There's, you know, and I think throughout the night there was a few extra orders. And that was kind of weird because we're like, oh, we're here spending money. But like money went into our account. That's pretty cool. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. And uh, even from that day forward, I mean, it's like um, I think people, you know, now it's not so much about really going to the mailbox just because everything's like electronic. But people used to really fear going to the mailbox because like all I ever get is all I ever get is bills. But when you have an invention, uh, that's not all that you ever get. You actually see your bank account increase and it doesn't feel like you did anything, but you kind of get residuals for an idea or a concept, I guess, until the day you stop selling it. So it's a... Uh, it's pretty neat, you know, to be able to to be able to have a, something like that that people um, want to continue to order, and then also to have uh, taken a product 
that that was an invention and then turn that invention into a business because that they're all different things you know being someone who has invented something uh doesn't mean that you know anything about business they're they're different things um maybe they're um they're not even as different as like bodybuilding and powerlifting. They're like as different as like bodybuilding and cycling or something like there's, they don't have a whole lot to do with each other. And uh, it's a completely different thing that you have to learn, even though they're both, they're both things that uh, having some creativity would be helpful for. Um, We've all seen it before. We've seen people with excellent ideas that haven't gotten anywhere. And then we've seen people with ideas where you're like, that doesn't even seem that cool. I mean, a lot of people don't think my idea seems that cool, but um, you, you can still make it uh, simply by working hard to make it a thing. You know, I had to, I had to try to make it a thing and uh, made it a thing. And then here we are 10 years later. When you guys put it live on the website, um, how did you let people know that it was, it, you can go out and buy this, this new device that you have no idea really what it is. Yeah. So, um, the the way the way that that worked out it worked out pretty good because i was already lifting you know i was in i was in the middle of my uh powerlifting career you can pro- probably make it the equivalent of uh Insema wins uh worlds in jiu-jitsu he's black belt he's been doing it for many years and you know at the same time he has an invention that makes jiu-jitsu easier mm-hmm. makes it uh more safe or more fun or hurt less or whatever it is. Right. So, you know, with, with, with that, with, uh, with, with somebody winning, you know, some competitions or somebody winning some, um, things or setting a record or any of the stuff like I did in powerlifting, um, I was lifting some of the biggest weights at that time. And so it wasn't hard for me to just, uh, yeah, announced to people. I, I just did it via some social media. There wasn't as much stuff then. I think, uh, you know, 10 years ago, I don't remember exactly what we had, but I know for sure um, that I, I at least had YouTube. Um, you can still see a lot of the original videos on there when I talk about it. Um, there's videos where I lift with it and I don't say anything about it a couple times just because I didn't know exactly what I was going to do but you can kind of see it in the video if you were paying attention <laughs> um, those videos were shot on a potato so you can't really <laughs> see can't really see everything that good but <clears throat> um, yeah just uh, you know I was known for for powerlifting and for being a powerlifter and luckily probably about four or five years earlier I started to talk Um, and I started to, you know, voice my opinions on lifting and I voiced my opinion on how to get stronger and it was already giving people information. I don't really know what triggered that. Um, other than I just felt like, uh, I could give people information maybe in a more simplistic way because, um, at the time, you know, all people really knew was like the West side method and, uh, it seemed like complicated for some reason. I don't know why I think everybody, I don't think Louie really made it that complicated. I think that everybody's interpretation of what Louie was trying to say was, was uh, they, I think they were making it more complicated than it needed to be. And then when I started doing like 800 pound squats and 900 pound squats, I was like, 
that seems good enough for me to start voicing my opinion and telling people, um, even though I still felt very much like a student. Yeah, and I started just kind of talking and sharing with people, you know, how to get stronger. And then the team started getting really strong, too. We had other people squatting 800, 900,000 pounds, benching 700, 800 pounds, deadlifting seven, 800 pounds. And so as that was coming, that made me really confident in what we were doing. So I was like, oh, well, it's not just working on me. Mm -hmm. I'm not just like, you know, making shit up, you know. So it was a combination of, you know, learning some stuff from Louie and then uh, mixing in my own uh, things. And when I mixed in my own things, that's when I was really like, oh, okay, I have something here. And then I started sharing it. And then as soon as I started to sell something, people weren't like, oh, this guy's just trying to sell me on some shit. You know, I didn't start out trying to sell anybody on anything. I just was simply sharing information. What was it like? Um, like, or sorry, was there somebody that was like using the slingshot, like out in the wild where you're like, oh shit, it's reached this person or it's reached this state or, you know, this part of the country. Um, and, you know, I know social media wasn't as big as it is now, but like, did you see something online and you're like, Oh fuck, like that's amazing. Yeah. You know, I, I think, you know, Jesse Burdick was a big part of it from the very beginning and uh, having his team use it was, was huge. Um, handing everything over to your friends you know, and handing everything over to your buddies, like you just kind of hope that they're, they're nice. <laughs> you know, you, yeah. you, I mean, you want them to give you, you know, information, but at the same time, you really don't, you want them just to be like, Hey, hell yeah, this thing's great. You should sell it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't really want a lot of uh, resistance, but having Jesse's team use it and having people of different shapes and sizes utilize the product. Um, also around the same time, I was like, you know, it's interesting now because people are like, oh, I know you're so busy. Well, I'm not, I'm not busy, <laughs> not, not anything compared to what I used to be because I used to just, I used to like live in the gym. And then on top of living in the gym, I was doing CrossFit certification seminars with powerlifting. Um, and I was just, I don't know, my kids were younger and just shit was like more chaotic. It was a lot harder to be ahead at that moment. Um, but yeah, going through some of the going through going to some of the CrossFit seminars and stuff was really big because now I had somebody that was, you know, five eight, five nine, hundred and eighty, hundred hundred and ninety, hundred and seventy pounds, whatever they might be. And it was just more of like a, a regular fit person. And it wasn't just a power lifter. Um and I think maybe around the same time I started to uh I started to look into yeah ways of marketing the product. Um, not like I was like reading books or anything, but I was just trying to think outwardly more about how I can market the products. And then I ran into something that was said by Joe Weider. And I think Joe Weider basically said, if you go to a gym, you're a customer of mine. And I was like, that's it right there. That's perfect. So if you go to a gym, you're a customer of ours at Slingshot. You know, you don't have to be a bench presser. You don't have to be a power lifter. You don't have to weigh 300 pounds. Um, you don't have to even be strong by anybody else's considerations. You just need to be, if you lift, then, and, and so that, that gave me a lot of insight into, okay, well, if we're going to try to be, you know, more inclusive and we're going to try to be for, 
everyone that that lifts weights, anyone that does resistance training, well, then maybe we shouldn't just assist your shoulders in like a bench press, push up or dips. Maybe we should, uh, you know, support the elbows, support the wrist, support the, uh, the hips, support the whatever, you know. So we're just trying to think of as many different ways to try to cover people uh, from head to toe. Marketing, too. I can't believe like when you guys started, I don't think there was Instagram or Facebook when you guys started selling slingshots or was there? There, there definitely was an Instagram. Um, Instagram came not too long after. Um, and then I, I do remember utilizing Facebook a lot for stuff, but I don't, I don't remember if that was in the beginning or not. I, the only thing I can think of that may have been around at the time may have been like MySpace, mm-hmm. but I don't recall utilizing that. I think, I think it was just, I think it was mainly, uh, I think it was mainly YouTube. I, I don't remember. I'd have to I'd have to go back on my Facebook mm-hmm. page and check it out, I guess. I don't yeah, know. I, would, I think so. By that time, MySpace was already <laughs> like fading away. And right. then Facebook had already well more than took over. And then Instagram was an iPhone-only app back mm-hmm. in those days. Ooh. So, yeah, half well, more than half of the market wasn't even didn't even have access to it. So, I think I was two or three years late to Instagram too. I, I didn't mm-hmm. hop on right away. I was like, oh, I already have like Twitter and Facebook and I don't know, like we've seen this happen a bunch of other times and like, I don't want to have to have another, you know, just like everybody else. Like <laughs> I don't want to have to mess with TikTok or whatever, <laughs> whatever the new thing is, you know? And, uh, but yeah, eventually it just, it, it took over enough. But back to your main question, Andrew, about like, going around to those CrossFit seminars was big and having other people try it on. But I think I was, I was in, um, I was in Montana and, uh, Montana is a very like simple area, simple part of the United States. Uh, I remember like I saw a sign that said like airport and like, there's the airport. Like, it's not like LA, like LA, you see a sign that says airport and there's like an arrow and you're like, okay, I'll follow that. And then you start following that. And you're like, oh, shit, it has me turn. There's an airport sign going that way. <laughs> then you're like, there's an airport sign going that way. And you keep trying to follow it and follow it. And you always get lost. Then you end up being spit out on like some, you know, freeway. Um, but <laughs> I was in uh, Montana. I think I was in Billings, Montana, if I remember correctly. And <clears throat> I went to a CrossFit place. They were fans of super training at that time, and they had some of the product. And somebody there mentioned, they're like, they're like, oh, man, I see your slingshot all the time. And I was like, oh, that's cool, And because I, I, I knew it was at that gym. <clears throat> and the guy goes, yeah, he goes, I, I train on the other side of town. He's like, and, and I train in an area where there's like, he's like, it's real remote. There's like, you know, maybe 1500 people in our town he's like we, we were one of those uh you know one stoplight type of place uh one little post office type of place and yeah there's a gym down the street from me and i go in there and train and he's like that's where i see the slingshot all the time i was like oh i was like you see it at your gym over there you're not talking about in here he goes oh yeah he goes i don't train here and that's when i was kind of like oh okay <laughs> that's different. You know, I haven't really thought about that or haven't really heard that. I, I did see that there was orders coming in from all over the place. Um, I remember for some weird reason, the, 
there was a lot of orders from the East Coast. I don't know why. I don't know if that has anything to do with where I'm from or or it might have to do with the uh, might have to do with po- uh, popularity of powerlifting. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, yeah, I remember that that specific day and that specific moment of the guy in the middle of nowhere, Montana, mm-hmm. saying that, like, he sees a bunch of people use the slingshot products. And I know you've talked about the uh, the CrossFit certifications quite a bit on previous podcasts and stuff, but because it was a different time, like I know today, if you were to do a seminar or something, you would you do you just do them for free because you're not looking for any money when that sort of uh, for that sort of thing. But back then, were you getting paid to go around the country to do those? Yeah, we would get paid from uh, we'd get I would get paid from Louis Simmons. Um, oh, sure. I didn't really officially work for CrossFit. Um, all my checks were, had Louis Simmons name on it. So I, I worked under the umbrella of Mr. Louis Simmons, my, um, myself and uh, Jesse Burdick, um, along with um, Laura Phelps was another person that was going around the country and teaching some of the uh, powerlifting certs can't remember how we got paid, but I remember, I remember we got paid well. And I just remember it was so much fun. That was the main thing. I just remember it was like me, me and my best friend get to go teach powerlifting to, to a bunch of people that are, that are hungry for it, that really wanted to learn, you know, these people, sometimes they would take those cert classes just to kind of have the extra certification, but a lot of times they really wanted to learn. They really wanted to know. And it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was a blast. How much coffee would you drink during those (laughs) seminars? (laughs) Yeah, because we were traveling around quite a bit and, uh, we, um, you know, you just, you get off of one flight and get on another flight and like, (laughs) we were moving around pretty, pretty good for, uh, two, two fat guys. Um, (laughs) We just drank tons of coffee and we always knew like later on the night that we were going to, you know, just have some big blowout dinner. (laughs) And so we wouldn't really eat. We didn't know anything about like intermittent fasting or anything. Um, So basically we just like live off of coffee all day, probably fast for a good like 20 hours and then, (laughs) and then just, you know, bombard ourselves with tons of food, have a big, a big feast, uh, later on in the day, but we felt we would feel awful. It's like, you know, you could, couldn't get some good sleep on the plane. And then it was, uh, you know, you're just, we were excited to be in whatever town or city we were into. So we're like, Oh, let's go find the local gym. Let's go, let's go meet up with this person. Or we were always trying to connect or hook up with, uh, other people that were in the industry and stuff too. So um, we sacrificed a lot of our sleep for that. And we would talk for six hours or eight hours and Jesse would like, you know, be like drawing on the whiteboard or something, explaining something. I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, he's lost. And even worse, I can't take over at the moment because I'm lost. <laughs> and then anytime anybody ever asked us if we needed anything, we're like, yeah, we need coffee. <laughs> yeah. And you guys know how horrible that makes you feel when you're like, you're super tired. Like all you need is to lay down for an hour or two and you'd probably be fine. But just keep reaching for that cup of coffee that was terrible and, and i'm willing <laughs> to bet you, sorry uh, go ahead and see how long were you guys um doing that by the way like how many years was that it was about two years yeah okay, just two years yeah okay that's pretty dope yeah. yeah it was fun and i'm willing to bet you guys probably never like 
prepped like as far as like, okay, it's section one, section two, or did you guys have to, because it was a certification? Jess, Jesse kind of did, did a little bit more of that, you know, <laughs> I'm always up there like freestyling, uh-huh. you know, but, uh, yeah, it was, um, it was interesting, you know, it was interesting for me to, uh, to work for somebody else, you know, it was just, it was just to get what, it was just another case. I mean, it was more proof that, uh, I don't work well with others in that way. You know, it's like me and Louie were always butting heads and Louie's like, you didn't explain, you know, like he, he wanted me to always like go into super crazy detail about, uh, like accelerated eccentrics and stuff. I'm like, Lou, these people, they don't care. <laughs> They don't, he's like, you need to make them care. I'm like, I, they just want to sit there. I'm like, they sit there with their arms folded. They're like, it's like uh, somebody that goes to see a comedian. They're like, okay, go ahead. Make me laugh. You know, like, cause these are people that already know how to train. Right. These are, these are usually, these are CrossFit uh, box owners already. You know, we would, we would kind of refer to them as like level four fire breathing CrossFitters. You know, they, they could, uh, they could shoot fireballs out of their eyeballs. Um, they, they kind of knew, they knew a lot already. Right. And so, uh, I think they were just kind of fold their arms. Like, what are these two fat guys going to teach us? You know? And so we had to, we had to get their attention. We had to get them moving because they weren't going to, they weren't just going to listen to like theory about, you know, dynamic effort work. And they also, they also were smart, you know, they're, they're, they're like, okay, that works for a bunch of guys that are huge, that are probably enhanced because I don't know if you can squat 900 pounds drug free. Uh, we see some people do it nowadays, but back then you just didn't really, you didn't see anything like that at the, at the, at that time. Um, and then also we were still all in powerlifting gear. So the, the people they wanted, they wanted to learn, um, but at the same time, they wanted you to like prove your theory to them. So we had to get them moving. And so that's how we started out. We started out every seminar by actually really just running everybody into the ground. Cause we were like, this would be the best way to start seminar. Let's first 30 minutes of the seminar. Let's just fuck them up. Mm -hmm. Like let's have them do, let's have them do sled drags. Let's have them do kettlebell swings. Let's have them, let's show them a little bit of bodybuilding. So the first half an hour, 45 minutes or so was just an all out blitz. Like you guys are the fittest in the world. All right, let's see it. And so we, we would just, we would pile shit on them and, and, uh, then they would sit down. They would be like all huffing and puffing, but we had their attention right from there. We were like, let's just, let's just get on top of them the second we get in there and let's, uh, let's just show them what's up. And, and a lot of times we would do this stuff with them. Mm-hmm. And so they would see us dragging a sled and doing a lot of stuff with them. And they'd be like, Oh, okay. Maybe there is more to this. Maybe there is more to strength than we thought, you know, maybe strength is never a weakness. Mm-hmm. So we had to kind of like prove it to them. They were, they were just kind of like, uh, sitting there like you know you guys better show us something kind of thing yeah and, and again because it was a different time and we weren't around but um what were the turnouts like um they were they they would vary quite a bit it was actually really weird it just it depended a lot on the box owner mm-hmm. how how into it the box owner was sometimes there would be 20 people at it sometimes there would be like 50 and we've had some where there was only like 10 but we got paid the same. So we were always like, 
man, they should, <laughs> they should load these things up more with, uh, with, uh, with more people. But, mm-hmm. you know, Louie had a very specific way. He wanted everything taught. He wanted it taught over the course of two days. And I was like, this should be like a six or eight hour thing that we do in one day. And, uh, we could try to teach this to people for four weeks straight and they wouldn't get it. So we may as well condense the course and, and chop some of the fat off of it, you know, but Louie, uh, you know, Louie wanted us to, to, to explain, you know, everything under the sun in terms of mm-hmm. strength. So I'm curious about like, you know, nowadays, cause like the stuff that you were explaining there, it allowed them to get a certification in that weekend. Right. Okay. But like, there's so much information that, you know how there's nowadays there's an online certification, but then there's also an in-person thing that you have to go to. Um, did you guys ever think, do anything like that or, or, or not? It was just a, 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 like a two or three day thing. They get their, they test, they get their cert. Yeah, it was just a, it was just a two day, um, it, you know, the, the different certification courses they have for CrossFit, they all work a little bit differently, mm-hmm. but the powerlifting one was pretty much like if you just went to it and paid for it, you pretty much got it, you know? And oh, so okay. a lot of, a lot of times, um, a lot of times people would send, um, they, they would send somebody from their training facility, uh, you know, to the event. And then they would just, that, that way in their facility, they had someone who was certified in powerlifting. Mm-hmm. They have somebody who was certified in um, whatever the hell else they, they had. They had, you know, they had mobility with Storette, you know, and they had, you know, they had a, a bunch of different ones, which is great. And I think they still have those. Um, I think they switched them up quite a bit though. I don't think they have powerlifting necessarily anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't know if nutrition is separate the way it used to be. Nutrition used to be separate. It was taught by rob wolf um but i think they integrated i think they integrated more stuff into actual crossfit rather than uh calling it different names type of thing hmm. oh, okay but crossfit is is interesting in and of itself i know it's come under some uh scrutiny as of late um but they they did get a, a new owner and hopefully uh things get resolved with that because i think that um crossfit as a as a fitness movement i think is fantastic and i i hope it continues on because i think it's just i think the more fitness stuff we have going on i think it's i think it's helpful um but crossfit is actually i think that people maybe they don't know um the other crossfit certification courses are actually very hard and to keep your uh affiliate to um be up to date on the coaching and and how it's done. I mean, they have the most sophisticated, if you know anybody that owns a CrossFit next time they have to like re up a test or, or anything like that, you should ask them if you could sit there and watch them take it because it's fucking hard. I mean, we've had like five or six of us at a party before where we're like, like one of our friends had to like do this test. And so we were like, Oh, we'll help you with it. And, we just never got around to helping her with it. And then she just brought her computer over to uh, this time. We had a bunch of people over and it's like me and Jesse. And I think maybe Katie Hogan was even there and we're all trying to like help our friend with this. uh, And Katie teaches these certification courses. So it was hard. We were like, uh, (laughs) a lot of it had to do with like judging, like trying to judge, like, um, if somebody did something properly in terms of say like a burpee or something like that, or a, like a thruster, you know, or a, um, 
uh, wall ball. And then it's like, they do everything right, but they did, they weren't hitting depth on a couple of them or something like that. And you yeah. kind of just miss it. And so, um, they, they, I think that they do a great job in terms of, uh, teaching people and that's really what the whole thing is all about so would it be like a video of somebody doing it oh mm-hmm. uh, yeah super clean too like the video is like you know it's all dialed in it's all professional and mm-hmm. everything uh everything works i wonder everything if, works well when you're when you're going through it i wonder if some of that stuff's going to be uh kind of like lightened or they're going to like cramp down even harder is in regards to like the certifications and passing those tests now with what you know happened this year yeah i don't know i'm not Mm -hmm. sure we should get the owner on though we should talk to him um and see what his plans are my understanding is uh he has a business background so there there you go once again you know back to what i said in the beginning the inventor the creator you know it's not always the best guy to uh, continue everything forward. And I, I sort of recognize that myself as well. I think, you know, the, the best, in my opinion, the best way for slingshot to like double what it is now is to get somebody new in, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, cause I don't know, I don't know about that. You know what I mean? I don't know about, uh, running a company that's of that size. This is everything I pretty much envis- envisioned in my crystal ball in the beginning was to kind of get to about, where we're at and uh for whatever reason uh nothing else nothing else ever came to me kind of beyond this point you know so um i'll have to uh kick myself out of my own business at some point i think but there have been a lot of like i mean you guys have come out with a lot of new products that have been doing really well and that continue to do really well so yeah you don't think it's just a product thing now you think it's more so uh, figuring out different ways of expanding it in other ways yeah i think it's exposure you know, getting more people exposed to the products um, and continued education, you know, education of what the products are, what they do. A lot of people don't even really know how good an elbow or knee sleeve feels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, a lot of people are like, mm. and I think you mentioned in SEMA, your, uh, your uncle's getting into some uh, training and stuff. And there's a lot of people out there, my uncles, my aunts, uh, a lot of just family members that, you know, are in my inner circle they work out and they know what they know what I make. And sometimes they don't even really realize that the stuff that I have can, can help them. Um, one of my uh, uncles actually wears our sports sleeves when he plays golf, you know, he, and he takes pictures of them every time he's like, I'm rocking your, rocking your knee sleeves, you know? And I think just having that extra bit of warmth, I think gives you a little bit of, uh, uh, gives you a little bit more confidence and then maybe it gives you just like an awareness of like, Oh yeah, that's the hurt yeah. knee or that's the side that's a little, a little jacked up. So I think sometimes, yeah, people don't even, and then how do you solve that problem? It's like, that's, that's a tough one to solve going to trade shows and stuff. Those things uh, helped a lot in the beginning, but it's like logistically it's impossible to try to get to all of them and to try to get in front of that many people. But as you guys seen, when we go to those trade shows and people do try on our products, they almost always buy it because they're like, shit, that feels really good. So yeah, just trying to get more people, uh, more experience with it. And then, um, advertising, you know, advertising is huge. Um, a lot of companies are 
they're like, oh, we don't advertise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, we're not into that. You know, we, we do word, word of mouth, but then they spend so much money on giving out free product or they have an affiliate program. Um, everyone has to pay the price of advertising, no matter how they try to claim that they don't, you, you end up, you end up paying some sort of price. So in the beginning, we, we did do a lot of word of mouth and we did give out a lot of free products, but now, uh, we spend more money on just anyone who has a new company, just a heads up, like just spend money on advertising. It's just easier. Um, why, why have an influencer when you, you don't really know the behavior of that person and you don't know their ability to sell something just pay an advertising company because they're professional at it and they'll make a sick commercial for you. You're, you're, you're better off in my opinion. There are, there are certain products where having the influencers can be uh, beneficial. So you have to kind of weigh the pros and cons of it, but it's uh, every, you know, at this, at this stage, it's just so common to see advertising. Um, everyone's more open to it nowadays. And if you look at um, even YouTube, you know, in the beginning, when YouTubers started having a little bit of uh, advertising before their videos would play, people were frustrated. Now people are like kind of they're It's like um, it's part of it. And I think yeah. people are like they're more supportive of it. Or when somebody mentions they have like a Patreon or something like that, you're just like, oh, well, that's cool because this guy gives me like sick information. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. people aren't as uh, resistant to uh, advertising as they used to be. I don't think. Yeah. With you know, given as much information as you uh, feel comfortable with, but looking in your crystal ball, like what would be the next step to, uh, you know, is it getting slingshots in target? Is it, uh, you know, making slingshot a household name by doing X, Y, and Z? Like, what do you think it's actually going to take? Like in your opinion right now, what it, what it will take to like, you know, two X, what we got going on right now. It's, it's all of the above, man. Everything yeah. you said, like try, try it all, you know, try to figure out as much of it as possible. Um, getting into retail, you know, the first thing I would think in my head is no, because, but that's just because I don't have any knowledge of retail. I don't know what that means. Um, I could say, oh, Andrew, that's a stupid idea. <laughs> and then, you know, a couple of days from now, I could run into someone that sells a product at Target and they're like, yeah, we sell just from Target alone. We sell over $20 million worth of product a year. I'd be like, what? Andrew, mm-hmm. Andrew knew what he's talking about. <laughs> um, so a lot of times it's, it's a matter of just, you know, having the knowledge, being creative, um, and really just trying stuff. I mean, we, my wife and I, we talk about many, many different scenarios of, uh, you know, what it would look like if we did this, what it would look like if we did that. Um, in terms of like selling stuff in retail places, we have never, we have never really explored that that much. We looked into it a little bit. Um, it's just, it's something that ends up bringing, uh, an entirely different, I think if the internet was further behind, we'd probably look into it more aggressively. Um, but the internet, you know, the internet has kind of taken over a lot, a lot of stuff that retail does, but you know, retail allows you to put the product on, you know, what I just said earlier, like people don't really know. Um, my worry and my concern would be that it would hurt the brand because the, the brand might sit there on the shelf 
and I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to see that, you know, but again, that's just, uh, that could also just be a lack of knowledge on my part. Um, especially the slingshot, like the slingshot's not necessarily, um, self-explanatory, but with a good picture on the box of it or something like that, I think you could, um, you know, maybe solve some of those, some of those problems, but yeah, to, to try to get to the next level, um, with anything, it's always just, how do we gain more knowledge? How do we, um, creativity is a funny thing because if I came into the office and I said, all right, we need everybody to be more creative, (laughs) then it's like, uh, you try to like put your thinking cap on and it's kind of hard to think that way. Creativity, like, um, it doesn't usually work that way. Usually like you're taking a shit or you're sidetracked <laughs> doing something else. Or like Andrew, you've, you've had a, a lot of issues with your back over the years mm-hmm. and, and who better to make, you know, something for the lower back than somebody who deals with the pain. Oh, I wish they've created something like this that would work this way. And so um, that's usually how creativity works. And um, we'll just have to keep figuring out ways of, of, uh, of being creative, but I, I also just think, you know, rolling the dice and taking some risks, like, you know, maybe having a commercial on TV. I don't know. Like maybe something like that would, would work well. We're really just kind of dipping our toes into, uh, having, um, you know, some professional commercials done, not, not just things that are just, um, kind of standard for Instagram or YouTube or any of that. We're doing some things that are, on an, on another level at the moment. And so be interesting to see, uh, I'm really excited about the, the, the future of that. Cause we have a few commercials on the horizon that are just, they're fucking awesome. They're really cool. And then, you know, we also have supplements coming out, you know, and that's, um, it'll be under a different brand name. Um, and you know, that, that will take us to a new category where we have a couple of things that we're working on that I've been, trying to work on for a really long time but again just didn't have the knowledge of how to work on it we have a lot of stuff uh in the apparel category um so i think you know sometimes just something like that like just being able to having access to uh different manufacturers um being able to make and create some different things you know, just, it, it can really, it can really change, it can change everything in a moment, you know, um, the slingshot itself obviously was like a game changer in my life. And then the second thing that kind of came after that was the knee sleeves changed the company quite a bit. Like we couldn't keep them in stock. And, um, that's kind of the goal is like, you're looking for the next, the next knee sleeve, you know, something that we have at the offices now that I can't really talk too much about. I feel like it's, it's a product that can be a real game changer. The only thing is it's just um, from a logistics standpoint, it's not anything that we normally, we normally deal with. It's a, it's a, it's a bigger item. It's a item that takes up more space and more room. And so Mm -hmm. again, it's like, well, what do we know about shipping bigger products? You know, we don't, we don't know much about it. We, I know that my logistics guy knows a lot about it, but I don't know how much of that we want to get into, or do I want to just like license this thing out to uh, a different company or, you know, we'll see, we'll see uh, what we're able to do. Not everything's always about 
profitability either. A lot of it's just about uh, making a mark, making the world a better place to lift, right? So um, as long as I can do that, then I don't mind uh, kind of giving my product to another company to have them make it because they'll do a better job. Mm. That kind of thing. You know, quick question because there's probably someone listening that wants to get into stuff like that. If they don't know someone like you who knows like individuals who know manufacturers, do they just Google search manufacturers and go from there? Because like you've probably had to go through so many different bad manufacturers until you found someone that helped you figure or someone that like you were able to make something good with. So how does someone go about finding a good manufacturer? Yeah. You know, the internet is powerful. And, and like I, I took my, um, I took my iPhone a long time ago and I typed in, um, I typed in uh, knee wrap manufacturers and uh, manufacturer. Number one wasn't, wasn't very good. Uh, but manufacturer number two was, perfect. And, uh, mm. that's been the manufacturer I've had since that time. So that that's worked for 10 years. Um, just don't give up. You know, a lot of people, they, they run into a roadblock and, uh, they give up or they maybe, uh, put too much, uh, from a financial perspective into the first thing they did. Just try to have your, 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 you know, you only have, you have a small pain threshold in the beginning. Um, you know, uh, for example, when it comes to like betting, you know, Michael Jordan, you know, he's kind of notorious for making bets, but I would imagine that he could be like, yeah, well, I'll bet you on that for 50 K and other people are like, wait, what? Mm. <laughs> and so if you remember in the documentary, a lot of times when he bet it was like five bucks, 10 bucks. And that, that way it's just because the other guys can't afford to have that amount of money out. And so from a business perspective, you know, just if something sounds like it's a stretch, if something sounds like it's a little too much and you're not that far along yet, then don't do it. You know, don't, don't overstretch yourself. Don't just try to do things uh, on the cheap. Try to explain to people that you're new. You're like, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and I, you know, I'd love to get this product off the ground. Cause a lot of times a manufacturer can help you. They could say, all right, well, Cause they might, they might just think, okay, well, if I can make this thing for this guy and this ends up being something he sells, you know, 10,000 of them every year mm-hmm. that gives me, you know, some business. And so sometimes manufacturers should be able to make prototypes and stuff like that for free as well. Uh, and when they don't, then, you know, you might have to kind of poke around for some other people and fi- find one that will. Cause a lot of times they want, they want your business. You know, yeah. they should want your business and they, sh- now that they shouldn't have to make, you know, 75 iterations of, of what it is you're looking for. Um, but they should be able to make you a couple of them in the beginning to kind of, to kind of get you going. At this point we get a lot, we get like, like we get an insane amount of samples that are, that are free. But I, I'd also say that a smart manufacturer, someone that's been around for a while they kind of include that in the price of the product as it is. So there's a couple extra cents or maybe even a couple extra bucks tacked on to every product that you have um, kind of forever because they know that there's going to be some back and forth on, 
on each item. Mm. Um, the other thing is too, when it comes to uh, manufacturers, you really want to be able to see, um, you know, what they're capable of. So you may want to ask for, um, you may want to ask like, like what can they, you might, might, might not be aware of all the different things that they can do. Um, for example, they might make t-shirts, um, but you might not know that they make mugs as well. They might be able to make notepads. They might be able, they might not have access to all kinds of stuff. And so you may as well um, kind of ask because they just, sometimes they, sometimes they do all of them, do all of that themselves. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's like easier for them to act as a middleman for you. And so that's what you want to, that's what you want to know uh, when it comes to uh, having a manufacturer. But it's, it's not hard to find. <laughs> not like they're hiding, you know? Yeah. Yeah, we get DMs every day from somebody talking about how, what products they can make and, you know, s- willing to send samples and stuff. So they're out mm-hmm. there. Uh, but one thing real quick, it just reminded me when you're talking about betting. Um, last night during the fights, they showed a tweet saying that uh, somebody bet $200,000 on Masvidal to win. And if he won, he would have got like a $660,000 uh payout damn but yeah so it's like if you're having a bad day just remember somebody lost two hundred thousand dollars on a freaking bet last night yeah <laughs> like that's painful i know it might have been a drop in the bucket for that person could, so. could have been that's yeah yeah i don't know that's that um that stimulus package i guess <laughs> The, the 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 uh business payouts or whatever they're called buyouts or whatever, right. you know that sort of thing um but mark you mentioned um sorry I'll, I'll ask you about that in a second but have you guys ever did you guys ever think like maybe if you just get into more gyms as far as like uh like hey like we'll come out to your gym to demonstrate the slingshot you guys can sell it and maybe like break even whatever it may be but maybe something like that to where you know, it's like, you know, like the, the target um, example where it's like, well, shit, that thing is in a package. I have no idea what it is. They can't like do a demonstration there. But at a gym, maybe that would be an easy way to uh, get people in the slingshot to feel it. Right. Because then they can just put it on and then like, oh, let me go try this out or let me go do some push ups or something. Yeah, uh, we've done some things like that in the past, and and those things have been fairly beneficial. Um, a lot of the seminars I used to do, we would just bring like product, and um, you know, we'd set up a table and we'd sell some stuff, and um, that worked well. Uh, but it was just, it was just always like, um, you know, we'd sell like. I don't know, 10 slingshots and sell, you know, five pairs of knee sleeves or something, which just, which, which is great. Um, it's fantastic, you know, to, to get it into more customers hands and to have that, uh, customer interaction, but it just, you know, it wasn't a, it wasn't a huge deal. Now the way that our gym is set up right now, you know, we have a full on retail store in there. So to have seminars now, um, that works great. Mm -hmm. You know, in a, in a weekend, we can really do really well uh, by having by having a seminar and just bringing people in, and then they see all the stuff that we have. That kind of stuff helps. I, I do think that what you're talking about, I think it would actually work best if it was more geared around the equipment and it was more advertised that the equipment's going to be there. I think that would probably work. Uh, best and almost treat it as like a pop-up store. Mm-hmm. I know that uh, I think it's Gymshark 
they don't, they do it pretty rarely. And so because they do it, they don't do it with high frequency. They get crazy turnouts, mm. but they'll sometimes go to like, uh, they'll go to various gyms, some of the more famous gyms in the country. And uh, when they do, they'll have, you know, a, a new release of something top secret that they haven't talked about yet. And um, they'll give, they'll do a lot of giveaways and they, they sell, they sell some product, but the whole thing is it's more like a branding thing, but yeah, they'll get, like the, I heard that they did uh, Gold's Venice this year, and they had like I don't know, like fifteen hundred people there or two thousand people there. Like that just, and a lot of the Gold's members didn't know. Oh no, <laughs> they didn't. They didn't know, and it was just like I think they saw the flyers and stuff, but they didn't have any idea what it was going to be. Mm-hmm. It was just like total madhouse chaos. But um, I think I think doing something like that could be uh, fun. It's always it's always a good time. It's a it's a matter of figuring out uh, what's the best uh, what's the best usage usage of our time and uh, what has the best impact. I, but I think I mean we've kind of talked about it in the past. We've never really actually have done it, but we've talked about like super training, you know, like going on the road type of thing, bringing some lifters, bringing a couple of uh, slingshot employees, and and going to you know, a fairly big gym in Southern California or something like that. And having a, uh, kind of like a party slash seminar mm-hmm. slash, uh, t- like a Tupperware party, you know, you're just like Tupperware. trying to, uh, yeah, you're trying to like, uh, you know, hawk some products in addition to giving away some information type mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. I was just thinking it, it could be like, uh, we make our own like slingshot certification course and then any, gym owner or somebody that's works there can pass the test. And then we have like a, a link on our website to like who sells the slingshot. And so people can look at it that way and be like, Oh, this place in you know Nebraska, wherever, you know, they, they actually have the slingshot there. I can go test it out. Um, it would certainly be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. We do have, uh, we do have vendors. We do mm-hmm. have people. Uh, we got various gyms and various people selling the products again in the gym, even in the gym. Like I, I just, um, you know, sometimes when, when you, sometimes when you go to a gym, you sometimes don't even remember what they have or what they don't have. Like there's like a pair of like, uh, Vallejo or whatever, Valio, however you say that company, it's just like lifting gloves, just sitting there, but they've been sitting there for like 20 years, you know, like I don't want my product just to kind of sit there for, for, for a long ass time. And it's just, it's not that it's a bad product that's sitting there. It's just that probably people kind of forgot that it's there or they're not super excited for it. They're not searching for it there. Whereas if they go into a department store, they might look for, you know, a soft belt, lifting gloves, mm. those types of things. So yeah, trying to, trying to figure all this out has been, um, has been interesting. The, the main thing that uh, we've noticed um, when the product does move well at a particular gym is just a level of interest of the gym owner. Because sometimes somebody comes to the front desk and they're like, man, I don't know if you know anything about like shoulder injuries or someone I can see, but like my shoulder's killing me. I love bench pressing. And, and a lot of times those gym owners that are passionate about the product, they're like, oh, you got to, you ever, ever try out a slingshot? You know, we have a couple floating around in the gym for free. You can try one out. If you like one, you can buy one. We sell them right here. You know, in addition to that, you should check out our massage therapist. Like a lot of times there's gym owners who are really smart on um, upselling 
you know, upselling the members on the various things that they have. Oh, maybe you're super tight. Maybe you should check out our yoga class. You know, we have yoga classes every morning. When you come in here at nine o'clock, we also have, I know it's probably different for you. You like to lift, but we have some yoga classes that might help open up your shoulder. It might be something that's, that's useful. And then you get, mm-hmm. you know, you get the members paying for, uh, you know, that's the whole goal. You want their members to continue to pay for more stuff. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you mentioned something that I think might be the first time you ever mentioned it, at least as far as I know. Um, You said supplements. Is there anything you can share? Because I know that probably perked up a lot of people's ears that were listening. Yeah, supplements. um, The the name might change, but um, just because we're working on some different things. But uh, the name is Within. Uh, because of all the stuff I've been working on over the last couple of years, it kind of just made me recognize that everything that you have, everything that you need, everything that you're, everything you're in search of rather, uh, comes from within you. You know, all these things we're looking for, uh, externally, all these, uh, all these different goals and all these different things that we want to do and achieve and nice cars and nice homes and all these different things that we kind of want. Um, everything that you need, everything that you, um, yeah, everything that you need comes from within your own body. And when you treat your body correctly, everything's available to you. Um, you know, every, everything that your, uh, metabolism is supposed to do is supposed to keep you strong and healthy, uh, when you treat it properly. And so, uh, the idea and concept, behind these supplements may be a little counterintuitive because, um, you know, I do want to teach people that they don't necessarily need supplements. Uh, However, sometimes it's a good idea to supplement your diet. Uh, A lot of people are trying to be lean and a lot of people might not get the calories that they need. And uh, because of that, it might be good to supplement it might be good to bring in some supplements especially if you're trying to be extraordinary you're trying to bring your game up to the next level um you might feel the need to utilize some of these products but we have a lot of basics but the basics are you know just uh, everyone's going to say this that has supplements um there's an extra twist you know on, on each one of these products um I can't say a ton about each thing yet, but uh, as we get closer, um, I'll make people more aware of what we got. But I can say this. I can say uh, we have a pre-workout. We have an intra-workout. We have a sleep aid. um, We have have a protein that is different and uh, that so far tastes good, but we're working on – you know, getting a little, a little extra on it. Cause I, I want it to be, uh, I, I want the flavor profile of these things to be really on point. Mm. And I, I've learned that it's, you're better off just taking a little extra time when it comes to that. So that, that way, um, I don't know. It's, it's good to have people think about your product when they're not using your product. Mm. So if you can make it taste that good, then it might, get in someone's head of like, yeah, I'm going to reach. I want people to use it. I want people to utilize the stuff that we have. So um, I'm excited about the ingredients um, of the stuff that we have. I worked um, with Joel Green on coming, coming up with a lot of these, a lot of these products. And, um, 
you know, as we get closer, uh, I'll make you guys more aware of, of what each thing is. But we also have a hydration product. And um, a lot of the hydration products out there are awesome. You know, we, we love uh, some of the different ones that we've utilized. Um, we got Keto Vitals and we got the ones we have at the office. Element. Uh, Element. Yeah, those are, those are awesome. Like those guys did such a good job with that. Mm-hmm. And the, um, the actual amount of sodium and potassium and they, they did a great job, you know, uh, putting that product together and tastes good. I like the taste of it. I like the flavor of it. Um, but what we did is slightly different um, on top of it being, you know, a, a hydration product. It also has a little bit of that fizz in there because I know that a lot of us like to have our, uh, our uh, you know, soda-like drinks that don't have any uh, calories in them. So it's mm. got a little, a little fizz to it. And um, it's going to be a powder. Yeah, it's a it's a powder. Yep. All right. Yeah, and there's also um, there's also a little twist on the uh, the type of salt that's in there. So I, I'm I'm pretty pumped up about I'm pumped up about all these things. So we'll we'll see uh, what the hell we can do with them. But out of the gate, it will be different than Slingshot because uh, we will advertise. You know, as soon as we come out of the gate, we also made a coffee, we made a tea, um, but those. I think those things are going to be kind of second round things that we bring in because we have like eight or nine items, but we were like, Oh, let's do like six at first. Um, you know, just to get, just to get this, uh, even off the ground will be like 200 K, you know, it's kind of, it's going to cost, it's going to cost some money to get it off the ground. But for us and for, you know, to have a supplement company for that amount of money, even though it sounds like a lot of money is actually, very uh it's not it's not it's not a huge if if something was to not go right with it if it was just a total loss uh Mm -hmm. it wouldn't kill us it wouldn't not like we're chopping off body parts over here so Mm -hmm. yeah i'm really excited about i'm fired up yeah what you mentioned about taste is super important though because it's like i've had a lot of proteins but the one protein that you guys make is the keto pro that's the one protein there's one chocolate protein that I consistently like. That's a really fucking good protein. And then I want to drink other proteins are just like, it's high. <laughs> yeah, and, and that was a huge consideration with the, with the keto pro was to, it has kind of a little bit of a malt flavor to it. Mm-hmm. And so that's smooth. kind of rare amongst protein powders. You, you, you usually don't, you usually don't have that flavor, that taste. And so in my opinion, what attracted me as I was working on that flavor was just that it was different. And I noticed like there was a couple times during the day where I was like, I feel like having a keto pro. And I'm like, well, that's different. Like I don't, I'm not, not usually like craving a protein shake. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's pretty cool. And that's how I knew it was going to, you know, knew it was going to work and knew it was going to work well. And we'll, we'll be keeping uh, some of those other supplements that we've worked on as well. We'll be keeping the protein powder and the, and the keto pro, um, but we will probably, well, not probably, we will just eventually, it might take some time. Um, we'll eventually kind of in, integrate them into the within product line. Yeah. Keto pro and some heavy cream. It's so good. Oh man. That's the part. How, how about some heavy cream and some heavy cream? <laughs> Everything is <laughs> good on its own. Uh, and then so are we thinking a 2020 release for the supplement supplement line or maybe 2021 
2020 has been amazing so why not right <laughs> yeah why not lean into it so, yeah it's it, it sh- everything should be everything should be good to go um everything should be good to go by like november or something like that wow yeah we still have we still have a little ways to go with uh yeah some logos and a couple things but like it could be pushed along maybe faster than that but uh i think that would be good to try to try to get something together by uh by november dang that's exciting dude and CMA, you asked a question or kind of a uh, mentioned something in here as we were texting each other this morning. You talked about like kind of timeline for goals um, with like uh, this is more of like a body transformation thing. But you also said that like most people underestimate the time, you know, the time it will take. And um, I'm just kind of concerning this back back to, uh, you know, the time commitment of of like making a business and of, uh, you know, getting, getting something off the ground. Um, I just, I just want to kind of tell people that like it, it just consumed a tremendous amount of my time to, to put the stuff together that I put together. And um, I didn't do much else uh, in place of it. So, it was kind of just to get, and I think, I think body transformation, I think ends up being similar and that's what makes it so difficult is that if you want to be in good shape, it's going to take you a tremendous amount of time. Um, And then what happens with time is that you, you, you lose power (laughs) over time. You start to get fatigued. You start to get beat up. You start to get worn out. Same thing happens with being a leader. Same thing happens with being an owner um, you know, one of the uh, most amazing traits of, of a really good owner is to be patient and is to repeat yourself often. And, uh, I remember I went to a seminar one time and I was, uh, and I was, I was really excited and I was just kind of sitting there with like, you know, trying to be as open-minded as possible. But one of the first things the guy said was, uh, and I think it was Simon Sinek, who's just an absolutely amazing speaker. Anyone ever gets oh. the opportunity to see that guy talk in person, you need to go. Like, you need to spend the dough and you need to go see him because he's unbelievable. But, yeah, well, the first thing he said, and I, it made me pissed. <laughs> I was like, he said, uh, he said, great leaders repeat themselves. He's like, you have to repeat yourself. And I was thinking at that time. I was always super frustrated with having to repeat myself. I was like, I hate repeating myself. I mean, I remember saying that many, many times to myself uh, after having to have a conversation with uh, an employee or somebody in the gym. It could be about strength training with somebody about fat loss with somebody about, uh, you know, and from that moment that like, I would say that kind of cured me in a way because I'm like, well, actually, you know what? I don't know why I hate it. I don't know why it's a pet peeve of mine because it's actually really simple. I just need to repeat the same thing I said yesterday. And I need to say it every day. And I need to pretend that it's new. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's, been, it's been huge for me because if you watch some of the YouTube videos that I put out, um, you'll see in almost every single video, I say, Hey, don't forget about your 10 minute walks. Don't forget about your eight hours of sleep. Don't forget to stay hydrated. Um, don't forget to eat enough protein every day. Mm-hmm. 
And it's like, why wouldn't I repeat that? Because, you know, from, from a few different vantage points, it, it makes a lot of sense. Number one is if you're still communicating with the same person, maybe they slacked off on that a little bit. And maybe you could be the one to give them enough energy to continue to do it. The second part of that would be, well, what if it's somebody new that just hasn't seen it, just hasn't heard you talk about it before? And so um, sometimes you got to repeat a lot of the story over and over again. You know, if I, if I say, hey, look, I do a minimum nowadays of five miles of walking, I can't just say that because now someone's going to go out and try to do five miles of walking and they're going to do that for a week and they're going to like mess up their feet and they're going to maybe hurt themselves a little bit because they just don't have a fitness level that uh, works well with walking that like that's that's walking really far. Maybe the person's 400 pounds or something that's listening to it. So I have to kind of say, oh, well, I started walking like seven or eight years ago and it all started with a couple of 10 minute walks a day. Those felt pretty simple to me. And as I repeated them over and over again for many, many years, I got better at them. As I got better at them, I started adding on more minutes, started adding on more, more mileage, but yeah, repeating yourself, uh, you know, it can, it can kind of wear you down at times, but, um, I think Andrew and I have joked about it before, like where we've said in the gym, we've kind of make these uh, backhanded uh, statements to each other where we're like, oh, okay, so when we squat, we're not, okay, we're not going to depth anymore. Okay, we're, we're doing things different around here. And, and we, we say that to each other as, as kind of a joke. Oh, when we do pull-ups, okay, we're, we're just cheating on the pull-ups now. We're just swinging around whatever way we want. Like, we don't have any standards anymore. These are things you have to, you know, if you want to be great at anything, you're going to have to repeat yourself, and it's going to take a tremendous amount of time. Yeah, we're not doing that's that. that. We're not doing that thing where we, like, try hard anymore. Like, that's out of the <laughs> picture. Like, all right, I just want to make sure so that way I can also be weak and try less uh, work. Like, I got on the podcast late today. So, you could say, <laughs> oh, okay, we're not all showing up on time anymore. Okay, Mark has different rules than everybody else. Okay, cool. Right, cool. All right, just so we got that out of the way. Okay, let's go. Okay, so, showing up on time, we're not doing that anymore. All right, cool. <laughs> Thank you, guys. <laughs> No, but that's something you see with a lot of content, like a lot of people. Um, and it's, it's a good thing, but I, I, I can think of a few people that are really good reinventing, reinventing old content and just saying the same thing in a, in a different way to perk up ears in a slightly different way. You know what I mean? But it's the same exact message and it's been the same message for years. It's just spit out slightly differently. You mm-hmm. know, it's nothing new. So that's, that's a really important thing right there. Yeah, Gary V talks about that all the time. He's like, people will come up to me and be like, dude, you're saying the same shit you said 10 years ago. And he's like, yeah, I am. The exact same thing. He's like, and people still don't get it. Like, well, my gosh, that's that's tough. <laughs> I can see how that can be frustrating. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah, I have uh, I have uh, some friends that have some, some goals and some things that they're try- trying to set their sights on and you know, sometimes when I hear their goal, but then I see what they're doing, I see their actions. I'm like, ah, like those things aren't matching up that good. You know, those things aren't, they're not in good harmony with each other. And when I started uh, slingshot, not saying everyone's, uh, everyone's journey is going to be different as well. And so I don't have any, I'm not going to hate on someone that makes it look easier. 
I'm not going to hate on somebody that uh, does something in a shorter period of time. I, I kind of see that on Shark Tank a lot when the, uh, the the people that are on Shark Tank, they're like, it took me, you know, <laughs> took me 20 years to you know get my business off the ground and I had to make all these sacrifices and stuff. So everyone's sacrifices and stuff are going to be different, but they, they need to be made. Like you have to, you have to make, you have to make sacrifices. You can't just, um, it, it, like I, I heard someone the other day that was on uh, Tom Billu's show, and the guy said, uh, um, every Sunday, and then like the first of every month, every Sunday, and the first of every single month, no matter what he was doing previously, he had other jobs. Um, Every Sunday and the first of every month, he would write down some of his goals and then he would write down if he thought he was in alignment with those goals. Mm. Now, somebody listening to to this right now might be like, what a pain in the ass. Like, that's dumb. Like, it's just if you're resistant to it, you need to ask yourself why you're resistant to it, because how would it hurt you? You know, how, how would it hurt you to do that? And so this guy, you know, he had kind of a regular nine to five type job. He wrote out all this stuff and now he's, you know, just similar story that you hear with a lot of other people. He's very successful nowadays. He teaches other people how to be successful and you're going to have to figure out like, where can you carve out time to move towards, uh, you know, whatever goal it is you have. If you're trying to start a business, um, you have to be tunnel vision on it. Some of the things that you love doing, you'll have to ditch them. You know, some of the hanging out with your buddies, playing pool or golfing or, uh, you know, whatever, like those things are great. And it's nice to have some recreational time. It's nice to have some downtime, but more than likely you're going to have to start to chop out some of that stuff out of your life for a while. Yeah. Yeah. That's real. Yeah. And then, so as far as like timeline and stuff in SEMA, you were uh, talking more about like physique and stuff, right? Yeah. No, um, I was just mentioning earlier, like, you know, our buddy Tom, I think Mark, you were helping with this transformation. Uh, he's been doing carnivore and he's dropped like 40 something pounds and, and what, 16 weeks, 12 weeks. Yeah. yeah not right? very long. Yeah. Yeah. So when somebody like, I, I find it like, it's really cool. And I know a few people, I know some people who can drop weight that quickly, but a lot of people will look at that and be like, why am I not dropping weight that fast? I'm doing carnivore. Why does it take me so long to just lose 10 or 15 pounds? Um, and you know, Tom, like he has experience cutting, like he's, he's done wrestling cutting. He, he has a lot of experience cutting weight and cutting weight's a pretty easy thing for him. But for a lot of people, you know, it's going to take you longer than eight weeks, 12 weeks, whatever. Um, it's going to take you a while. And I think that we, that, that somehow we need to kind of look at those goals. Like we don't want, we don't want to have to slow it down and make it take too long. But if it is taking a, you know, it is taking a little while. It's taking us a while to get used to dieting, used to working out. You got to be patient with yourself and just consistent with the whole process of what you're doing rather than, you know, getting frustrated and stopping because you don't feel like it's working. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I, I said before we we started recording, like I had a, a successful cut and I still did have a hard time understanding how long something like this is supposed to take, you know, for like my next cut or just for my next whatever, just to kind of get back to uh, feeling a little bit more confident with my shirt off again. You know, like I don't know how long that's supposed to take. 
yeah, it'll probably take about half the amount of time that it took the first time around, especially because you're not really like, what's your body weight in comparison to where you started your cut last time? So the, the goal, if you guys remember, so I, I got down to 170 uh, when we had Mike Isertol. The, uh, the goal mm-hmm. was to get up to 185 by June. Mm-hmm. I, I got up to about 183. And then this morning I'm at 178. So eight pounds over when I was at my leanest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's that's where I'm at right now. Um, the work capacity has gone down a lot. Um, you know, the, the, the quarantine it, it messed with me a, a quite a bit as far as like getting volume in for training and stuff. And then also when I was cutting, I was doing a lot more cardio and a lot more meaning three times a week versus now where I'm trying my best to uh, to do yoga and then get on the treadmill here, which is is fine but it's not the step mill like the stairmaster for me is like the ultimate like i love doing uh, i wouldn't say i love it i really if i have one form of cardio that's what i would rather it be over anything else so that's there's a lot of differences there there's like a lot of variables that have changed so yeah that's yeah so like i said it's it's confusing to me even if it was the exact same let alone certain things being different I mean, what are your goals right now, man? I'm just curious. Like, are you, are you trying to gain muscle or do you want to get lean again? Like what are you trying to do? Yeah. I want to get lean again. Um, I, I feel like when I was down at 170, it was like, it was, I was, I was depleted quite a bit. I didn't feel terrible. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, my back felt its absolute best when I was down that lean. I think a lot of that has to do with, um, some of the different types of workouts I was doing, you know, cause yeah. coming off of, uh, doing, uh, trying to get as strong as I could on Shredigit or Sarmageddon, um, doing a lot of powerlifting and stuff and then switching over to doing lighter weight, higher rep stuff with Mark. And, you know, again, like the cardio and, and stuff like that, I think the, the Stairmaster helped my back out a lot too. So, um, I, I felt way better when I was leaner. So I, I want to kind of get closer to that again, but I don't know if 170 is like the healthiest look and healthiest thing for me to do. So I guess if in a perfect world, it would have the, it would be, um, I would have the confidence to be with my shirt off again, especially now because I will be having a pool and I don't want to be a gross slob at my own house, <laughs> you know, with my shirt off. But somewhere around like 175 with not shredded abs, but something to be like, oh shit, all right, cool, I feel good right now. Whatever the hell that is. <laughs> I would say probably the first place to start is to start to line up some of your, uh, you know, your goals and your actions and, and line up, you know, just, just some simple weight loss, I think would be mm-hmm. a good idea. It sounds like, uh, you don't have much to lose, mm-hmm. but I think if you were to, if you were to lose like even like three to five pounds, you would feel leaner and probably feel like you're starting to head in the right direction. Um, you could utilize some cardio. If you wanted to implement some of that, um, but just, you know, figuring out a way to reduce your calories, whatever way has worked best for you in the past mm-hmm. would probably work again. You know, so I think that would, that would probably be the first place to start is to start to look into your food. Um, maybe, maybe you don't have to make like huge changes. Maybe you can just utilize intermittent fasting every other day or um, just, if you're not currently implementing it, start to bring some of that in. Maybe you could have 
two sessions a week of some cardio, you know, uh, that's 20 minutes. Um, you have a, you have a treadmill at your house. I think you can put the incline up pretty good. Mm -hmm. Like just make it simple. Just do that. You know, and that, that right there should get you kind of heading in the right direction. Bodybuilding is always awesome. I, I always recommend it. I think trying to pick like one body part per, uh, per day sort of thing. And that way it, it gives you, you should be able to recover really well from those workouts. Um, it gives you a lot of flexibility with what you train and when and, and all that. And sometimes you can even just do it at your house. If it's a day where you're just going to do some shoulders, you can just bust it out in your, in your home. Um, those would be some of the places I would start. And Seema, what do you got for that? I think one of the biggest things for you, man, is because uh, I think weight training for you is, is a, something you're not going to really ever stop, right? So you're going to always be lifting, but making cardio a bit of a habit. Whether you're cutting or whether you're bulking, doing cardio three or four times a week, and it doesn't have to be like you know, it's not to be like hour long sessions or anything. But if you can do that, you can maintain it. Then generally, you're going to be on, you're going to be on the leaner side with whatever you're doing. You know what I mean? Um, and the cardio won't be something where you're going to have to like labor yourself to start doing it again. So I think you have the, you do have the treadmill at home. So I, I think that. Instead of focusing on how fun the step mill was, you can do things on the treadmill and try and maybe do maybe some run walks on the treadmill that are kind of fun. Maybe it's not still not the step mill, but it, it's fun enough where it's something you can maintain. And you should be just like literally after a few weeks, you should be right where you need to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, even just over the past two weeks, um, I've been utilizing a bunch of stuff from our boy Remington James. Like he has a bunch of these dope, uh, like bodybuilder type recipes. He has a recipe book. It's, it's, I highly recommend it cause it makes food fun. And mm -hmm. I really wish I had this, uh, you know, right after my cut. Cause I think I would have rebounded way better. Um, but what he was mentioning was like, you know, we think that we get in enough, like, uh, calorie burn or whatever you want, like our output, we think it's a lot like we go work out and then we sit down all day. Like if you really yeah. think about it, you're not really burning that much cal that many calories. So, you know, he was just recommending doing something like 40 minutes of cardio, but he's like, he's in really good shape right now. But what you said in SEMO is freaking huge, man. Cause yeah, like the cardio thing is like one aspect of the, of the puzzle for me, but to have that just become habit, Right now, it's not a habit, but if I can mm -hmm. do that, I think that would be a total game changer. And oftentimes, It'd probably help you, probably help you eat a little bit better too, just because you know you're doing it. Yeah, yeah, no, it's just everything about it. And like I said, like I've been having um, like low fat everything. Like I had, um, I had like this low fat like ice cream. It was just incredible. Um, been making the uh, like low fat pizzas and stuff like that. It, it's 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 a lot of fun to eat, um, but I'm still mixing that in with like Piedmontese, and I think that's like the, the like the real big like uh, key turner right there. Still having that like good healthy red meat, um, but yeah, I, I think just getting into the habit of doing the cardio and stuff will be huge just in general, like it'll just keep me moving period, you know, and keep those calories, keep myself in a, in a deficit while not really feeling like I am. Yeah. And while you're trying to cut, I mean, since you're not going to be bulking, you could do a bit more fasting because adding a little bit of cardio and mm -hmm. being in that deficit, 
like you will drop. And then when you want to maybe maintain or you want to start gaining a little bit, then don't fast as much, but keep the cardio in. Yeah. And it's, it's going to be more so intuitive than having a, like, yeah, I know you do track, but it's, it'll be more of an intuitive thing. So you don't have to track as much or at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I haven't been tracking much at all. Um, I have been fasting and I think that's why I haven't been tracking because I'm, I'm looking at, you know, my intake and like, I am trying to, ha- trying to hit like 300 grams of protein per day. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, shit, dude, I have to eat a lot more right now. Like, I, I know I'm behind. Like, just because of the short time that I have been tracking, I understand that, like, okay, I, I'm way behind, so I have to eat a lot more right now. And yeah. so I, I'm positive I've been in, I mean, yeah, I definitely have been in a deficit because I've already lost a, a good, not a good amount, but, you know, like about five pounds since I, like, mm-hmm like hmm like i think i need to go in the other direction now and then more recently like i said within the past two weeks i've already dropped two pounds without really trying you know just a little bit of lift not a little bit like lifting at st and then a little bit of cardio and things have gotten you know i am going in the right direction but again this is this all goes back to like the original uh concept or original subject which was like how long should it take and i'm just like i don't know but i'm going to just keep doing what i'm doing with now the extra advice that you guys have given me um and not really worry about like uh how long it is going to take it's just a really cool uh, question that you bring up because yeah I, i actually don't know like what it's like honestly like i don't really want to see an end goal i just want this to be the way i am like that and that's Mm -hmm. it you know and just go from there yeah what you said there is going to make it super easy if you can just you know build the habits of doing those things and just give it some time Mm -hmm. make changes that mark mentions to you and whatever and just get there yeah Yeah, and just uh what we said earlier about you know repeating yourself you know repeat you know just keep that keep that in the front of your mind that you said you want to just feel more comfortable with your shirt off. So whatever that felt like to take your shirt off a while back when you were a little leaner, you know, that's, that's kind of all you're, all you're looking for. And so, you know, what are the three to five things that will help get you there? sounds like we got, you know, some answers to it. Um, increasing some of your cardio, making your cardio a habit. Um, maybe just being a little bit more mindful of your, calories just so you kind of keep an, an eye on it maybe uh mix in a little bit of intermittent fasting maybe just you know kick it up a notch a little bit with the lifting seems like you are lifting seems like you've been consistent with it so probably not even anything to really change there but um there you go well, it mm-hmm. looks like you kind of looks like you looks like you have a uh a path you know and then maybe even like since you've mentioned body weight, um, you know, maybe you have a goal. I think the only reason why I mentioned body weight, which I, I think it should kind of be irrelevant, but I, I like the goal of body weight seems to make it a little easier to keep yourself on point with the overall amount of food you're consuming. So if you don't see yourself going down the scale, then you know that something's just a little off with your, uh, with your food, because the likelihood that you're like gaining muscle at some rapid rate is probably not is probably not great. And normally, when you just start a diet, there should be some initial weight loss, and then you might plateau and you might not lose weight, but you might continue to get a little bit leaner, mm-hmm. look better, or even just feel better. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, I think you got a recipe to go kick some ass. Yeah. And and I mean, we've, I've seen you do this to other people where they already kind of know the answer, but they're just waiting for you to say it. And 
I mean, this is kind of like a good therapy session for me, you know, uh, on probably the best Saturday school episode we've ever did. Uh, it was just released this Saturday. Um, you had mentioned like, Hey, if you post a picture of yourself with abs and then all of a sudden somebody sees you and you don't have abs anymore or they ask you about it, you're like, Oh yeah, no, not so much anymore. <laughs> I'm like at me next time, man. But you know, that's how I felt. You know, I was just like, I don't want to say, I didn't feel like a fraud or anything, but I was just like, like, ah, oh, fuck dude. Like I worked so hard. Like let's get back there. But then like, just do it the right, not the right way, but like a healthier way to where I can maintain it this time instead of just like a super just vicious cut and then, you know, a vicious rebound. So it'd be cool to get there slowly, get there, you know, at the right pace to where like, that's just who I am. You know, that'd be sick. <laughs> I think you're, you're being a little hard on yourself in terms of your rebound though. Cause you didn't have a vicious rebound. Like, okay, you gained some weight back, but you, you didn't get crazy out of shape. You're in better shape, I think, right now than when you started, right? Or am I wrong? No, yeah. yeah, yeah so, no. Am. But you didn't have a vicious rebound. You, you're gonna be we, fine. we are our biggest critic. So, I'll just, yeah. <laughs> That's all it is. Yeah. All right, man. Take us on out of here. Thank you, everybody, for checking out today's episode. Sincerely appreciate it. If you guys liked it, please share it with a friend. For more information on Piedmontese beef, check the uh, YouTube and Facebook description as well as the podcast show notes. Please make sure you're following the podcast at Mark Bell's Power Project on Instagram, at MB Power Project on Twitter. We've been posting a bunch of stuff about Saturday school, so please, if you guys can, um, it's a different format. It's usually just me asking Mark a question uh, or whatever. Like we get uh, questions from employees and from fans. So what I like to say is it's the people asking the people's coach a question. And then uh, he kind of rants for you know, a good amount of time. But this weekend uh, we had probably our best one. So I highly recommend you guys go back and check that out. Same, um, same YouTube channel, same Facebook, same um, podcast feed. Just check it out. It's just called Mark Bell Saturday school. So please check that out. My Instagram is at I am Andrew Z and Seema. If people want to get in touch with you, how can they do so? And see my yin-yang on Instagram and YouTube and see my yin-yang on TikTok and Twitter. Mark? I'm at Mark Smelly Bell on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, appreciate all the fans uh, that are checking out the YouTube channel. I think we're up to 28,000 peeps over there. Appreciate it. Been uh, some really good support. And uh, the likes have been just on fire. It's been a lot of likes and uh, not as many haters. And so I appreciate it. Thank you guys for uh, watching. I'm sharing information about intermittent fasting. Some of the stuff we shared on the show, I talk about business. I talk about all kinds of different stuff. Uh, Occasionally I'll throw a workout up on there uh, here and there. So go check that stuff out. Strength is never weakness. Weakness is never strength. Catch y'all later. Power Project crew, thank you again for checking out today's episode. We sincerely appreciate it. Right now, we want to give the biggest shout out to our homie. Uh, I won't say his name just because I don't know if he's okay with that, but I will just say his uh, his um, iTunes handle is the exact same thing as his uh, Instagram handle. So that's who this guy is. And I say handle, and I had a hard time with that because I'm so old school. I still call it a screen name. Every time I say that, some young Gen Z or whatever they're called, uh, points it out and makes fun of me. So, hey, hey that's what I grew up on. Anyways, uh, this this uh, review comes from our homie, Be More Fit 2020. Uh, really good friend of the podcast, friend of Super Training. He trains there weekly. So, it's really cool that you know he took the time out of his day to do this for us. Uh, Be More Fit says, life-changing show. 
quote, I can wholeheartedly say that the Power Project has changed my life. Mark, Andrew, and Seema, and all the awesome guests provide so much knowledge and insight on such broad, such a broad spectrum of topics that anyone from any walk of life can find value in this content. Mark inspired me to, quote, do more, be more, and now I'm writing a book, working on a startup company, and continuing to improve my health, down 115 pounds. Andrew encouraged me to come to Super Training Gym, uh, literally told me on the podcast live chat to get my ass down there and train. And because of that positive and inviting attitude, I now train at ST and I have made some great friends along my along with my gains. I consistently find the answers I'm looking for on this show and sometimes there for questions I wouldn't have even thought of asking. These guys go in depth on life from a perspective that is very relatable. Grab your headphones and your notepads and be ready to be better from tuning in. Thank you, Mark and crew for everything. Thank you, man. Sincerely appreciate that. Uh, for some reason, whenever like your friends check in on what you're doing, they tend to like kind of sit back and just be like, Oh yeah, I know them and blah, blah, blah. But here's uh, our, our homie be more fit 2020 giving us a shout out something he didn't have to do, but sincerely appreciate that. appreciate that brother. So thank you. Um, if you listening right now, if you'd like to hear your name and a review right on air, please head over to iTunes right now, drop us a rating and a review and you could hear your name on air. Just like our homie be more fit 2020 catch you guys on the next one. Peace.